First Peter 2.9 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show the others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. I'm sure there's... Uh, the Holy Spirit's cool. You know, this, uh, this weekend has been awesome, and every night has been exactly what it needs to be. And the Lord's going to do something cool here this morning. So we're just going to stay in this flow. Laura, if you can just keep playing. Um, I'm going to invite Ernest and Tammy back up. They're so special to this church, to, to Shri and I. Um, we're just going to go where the Lord needs us to go this morning. So... Um, Spirit, just start allowing Him to minister to you. Speak in tongues. I know we got a bunch of kids in here. Lay hands on them. But I feel like God wants to do something new this morning. When Jesus went to heaven, when he was taken up, um, the disciples were sad before he went and they, they didn't want him to go. And he said, listen, it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. If you think about that, they got to walk with Jesus, to learn from Jesus. And he said, it was better. It's better for you that I go to heaven so the Holy Spirit can come. The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that we have right now that he's our empowerment. He, he, when you get filled with the Spirit, it changes everything. It changes everything. And I shared this story um, last time I was here, but I want to share it again. And I feel like people need to hear this. When you are led of the Spirit, he puts you in the right place. I have so many testimonies of simply praying, Lord, put me in the right place at the right time. And he does it again and again and again. And there is a, a time that um, Ernest and I were driving. We were on a road trip and I had to use the bathroom. And we're on a turnpike and there's nowhere to go. And I am like, I'm a hurting unit. I'm like, you need, to, you need to pull off or there's gonna be a mess in this car. <laughs> like, we gotta go now. Anyways, so we finally found a turn off. And I'm a thrifter, I love, I love thrift shopping. It's like hunting for women, it's amazing. But anyways, you gotta find those deals. But there's, I love rummaging, thrifting, all of it. But anyway, so we pull off and there's a gas station, but right next to the gas station is a Goodwill. Like I'm gonna pee in there. So he takes me over to the Goodwill, and he's like, well, I'll get gas, so I'll give you a few extra minutes because he's so nice to me. But anyway, so I go and use the bathroom, and I'm, I'm going through the clothes, and I'm looking at stuff, and I'm just having a good time. But I'm listening to the Spirit also, and there's a woman in there. There were two women, actually, and they were talking. And um, I'm eavesdropping. 
Anyways, and so this woman, they were talking about their, their last names. And the, and the one woman says, you know, I don't even know, I don't know my last name. She was adopted. She doesn't know who her parents are. She doesn't know her last name. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, I know her. And it just touched my heart. And this woman, I looked at her and her whole countenance was really sad. And I thought, huh, she needs to know that God knows her. And so I waited for Ernest to come in and I'm watching this lady. I'm not gonna let her leave without talking to her. So anyways, Ernest comes in and, and we go up to her. And, and I told her, I said, listen, I, I, was, I was overhearing your conversation and, and when you said, I don't know my name, I heard the Lord say, I know her name. And he said he knows you, that he knit you together in your mother's womb, that he knew everything about you before you were born, that he knows who you are. And the woman starts to weep, okay? She starts, she starts sobbing, actually, in the goodwill. And we just start loving on her. And, and she's told us, you have no idea. She said, I was going to go home and kill myself. She wrote out a suicide note. This was her third attempt. She goes, this time I was going to do it. And she had it all written out. She had children. But she was just going through so much. She felt like she couldn't go on. She felt like she had no hope. And because we listened, because I heard the Holy Spirit say, I know this woman. I know her. We went up and encouraged her, and we got to pray over her. Anyways, she got saved. She, she repented. She went home, and, and um, her name is Michelle. But anyways, she was literally, she said, right after this, I was just here to work up the courage to do it. And she didn't. Like, God saved her life through us because we were just willing to listen to the Holy Spirit. That wasn't the story I was going to share, but <laughs> the story I was going to share is just listening to the Holy Spirit throughout our daily lives. Anyways, there was a time I was passing out flyers, and it was for a women's retreat. And these flyers, um, the church I was going to was an older congregation, and the flyers that I was passing, I told them I'd help them um, get people to come to this conference. Anyways. So it was a Sunday, I was by myself, and I looked over and I saw this stack. Actually, it was a Friday. I looked over, I saw this stack of um, flyers, and I said, well, God, you know who's supposed to be here. Wh you know, where should I put this? I already hung them up all over the library and gas stations. He goes, I want you to go door to door. I go, oh, I've never done that before. <laughs> I go, okay. And, and I said, well, where do you want me to go? And he said, the apartment com I lived in an apartment complex at that time. He said, I want you to go to the elderly apartment complex. I'm like, okay, there's two of them, God. Do you want me to go to the yellow one or the white one? He said, the yellow one. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. But I didn't do it that day. So I waited. The Sunday rolls around. Get back from church. Beautiful afternoon. This is like early, maybe March. And so it was really cold outside, and this day was warm and beautiful. And I thought, huh, I look over, I see him, and he reminded me, you need to go do this. I'm like, okay. So I take the flyers, I left my phone in ho at home, and I just figured I'm just gonna walk and whoosh, pass these guys out. Anyway, so I start knocking on doors. Nobody's interested, nobody. I'm passing them out though, I had one left. I'm like, Lord, you told me to do this. I know one of these people is gonna come to this conference. Who is it? 
So I start praying in the Holy Spirit, and I'm walking, just praying in tongues, and I'm looking at doors, and one of them stands out. I'm like, that's it. So I get closer, and there's a cross on the door. I'm like, yes. I'm like, I, I know I got this right. Well, I go up to the door, and I knock on it. A man answers. So I'm thinking, oh boy. Anyways, so he's like, well, how can I help you? And I said, well, I'm inviting people to a women's conference. You're obviously not a woman, so I'm, I'm thinking I got this wrong. I'm going to leave. He goes, would you like to come in? I'm thinking, no, I do not. And I'm about to say this to him, but I hear the Holy Spirit say, it's okay. I go, all right. So I step in, and I sit down, and I'm uncomfortable. And I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say, it's okay, it's okay. So the gentleman starts talking. He's talking all about Jesus, talking about what he's been learning. He was a Catholic, but didn't really walk with the Lord, what he's been listening to, what he's been watching, and we're talking. And we, turns out we know a couple of the same people. He's a veteran, and he was sharing things like this with me. And um, anyways, then he said, do you want to, um, there's squirrels. Do you want to feed squirrels out my window? And I'm thinking, no, I do not want to see squirrels out your window. And the Holy Spirit says, it's okay. My like, Lord, I am uncomfortable. He's like, it's okay. So I go in and he's showing me how he feeds the squirrels and all this stuff. And this is like three hours and I don't have a cell phone, but I hear, I'm hearing the voice of God say, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Just listen and talk to this guy. I'm like, okay. Anyways, so it was time. He invited me to stay and eat dinner with him. I said, I don't, I don't have time. I need to get going. But it was super nice to meet you. And this man starts to cry. And I don't know what's going on. I said, I I'm sorry. Did I do something? He goes, yeah, you did. He said, three days ago, I asked the Lord. I said, God, I'm learning all this stuff about you. If you are real, send somebody here to my apartment to talk to me about you. And he said, that was Friday. That was the first time God told me to go pass out those flyers. Then he said, a half hour before you got here, I prayed again. I said, God, if you are real, send somebody here to talk to me about you. So that was 30 minutes before I arrived. And then he goes, and send a woman, because he had issues with men. And he was comfortable with women. But anyways, being led by the Spirit, I was, I was literally the answer to this man's prayer and he got saved but how random I thought I was going out listening to the Holy Spirit passing out flyers but I ended up being in the right place at the right time and I was the answer to his excuse me the answer to his prayer so I just I could go on and on and on but I won't but the Holy Spirit for those of you that don't pray in tongues he he God wants to give us power. He wants to give us a prayer language that is the perfect prayer. You don't know what to pray. Somebody has a um, relationship issue. You don't know the, the intricacies of that, but the Holy Spirit does. And you can pray in the Spirit, and it's the perfect prayer. You're scared. Pray in the Spirit. You, the, that's, it's such a powerful thing that God gives us, and the enemy doesn't want us to have it, but it's ours. And so I just want to welcome anybody that wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, to come forward. If there's kids, adults.
If you guys want to do it in your seats, you can do that too. There we go. the Holy Spirit. God says he gives his kids good gifts, and the Holy Spirit's just about the best gift that you can get. So if you want the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you just say, Jesus, I want the Holy Spirit, okay? And he's going to give that to you. So we're just going to, if you just ask Jesus, okay, I'll walk you through it. And then he's going to give you a new prayer language. It's not going to make sense to your mind. Everybody's language is completely different, okay? So you just just listen and let out your new language, okay? And then we'll we'll lay hands on you and then you guys will just start praying. Here we go. And if you're sitting in your seat but you really want it but you're afraid to come up and you're an adult, just stay there and get it.
So while they're doing this up here, I'm just going to read some scripture so that we're, we understand what it is we're doing. Um, we're going to start in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire, and it set upon each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts chapter 8, starting in verses 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them, and the people with one accord gave heed unto the things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voices, came out of many that were possessed and with them, and many taken with palsy that were also lame were healed. And there was a great joy in the city, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were all baptized, both men and women. Jesus said, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall, not, shall be damned. The Samaritans believed and were baptized, according to Acts 12. They were saved, according to Jesus. They were there. There is a work of the Holy Spirit in the new birth, but it is not called receiving the Holy Ghost. That is called being born again. You know, it's important that we understand that when we get born again, we get saved, but we're not baptized in the Holy Spirit at that point. So I'm just going to leave that right there, and then we'll get back into my message when they're done. continuing on I just wanted to share a little testimony this morning as Ernest was talking about encounters with God um, mine wasn't laying cement thank goodness it's my worst nightmare I've had some bad encounters with laying concrete um, but this morning I got in the car and I was coming here and I was just passing kind of like some tall marsh grass and I looked to uh, the passenger side and the most beautiful mature eagle just about hit my window. It came out of that marsh grass. And I figured for sure it was down, probably a dead deer in there or something, and it was it was having its breakfast or whatever. And uh, I thought, how in the world would that eagle have found in that high marsh grass or even known that that was there? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me almost immediately and said, he lives in high places. He lives in high places, the same places that I've called my believers to live. He said, I've called you to have to be seated in heavenly places with me. Just has been spoken this weekend. It's almost been a theme for me. 
is that God is calling us to live in a higher place than we've ever lived before. And there's a really a good reason for it because you look around and everything's shaking. I don't care where you're looking, it's shaking. But we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that's part of the reason he called us to be so close to him. And when we were that close to him, I think in the Amplified it says something like, not seated together, but we're jointly seated. I mean, just that close to him. And that's how much he loves us. That's how close he wants us to him. And the closer we get, the easier it is to just respond to what the Holy Spirit's speaking. So I just encourage you to, whatever it is that God's calling you to today, even in the last meeting that we're getting to have, to just embrace it, receive it, drink. <laughs> it's good. Okay, wow. So almost every one of the kids got touched. That's pretty awesome. All of them. All of them. Praise God. You notice why I had her do it? Because she has an anointing for that, and I don't. Could I? Maybe. But proven. I've watched her over and over and over lead people and see them get touched by God. We each have gifts, and we need to... We need to exalt the ones around us and, and honor each other for the gifts that we walk in. We don't all have the same gifts, but that's why we need each other, because we're joint and knit together. We need each other. You know, apparently the Corinthians needed to hear that a couple of times from Paul. But I don't think so here. I think you guys got it. You going? Okay. Well, she's, she did her thing. So, uh, wow. That's, that's ringing a bit. Stand over here. Am I safe? <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm safe over here. So, I, I can't be over there. It's not me. It feels like it's me. It's, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> you know you're in trouble when you hear those words. <laughs> well, I, I was going to preach a message, but then he started preaching it. So... I don't know if I need to, really. Um, isn't it interesting how God works? Like, he just he just starts doing crazy stuff. It's like, like everything starts flowing together when he's moving, right? You can tell when things aren't moving. It's all combobulated and disjointed. It's not working. We want to see the Holy Spirit flow. We want to see him move. I remember one time when I was pastoring Father's house up in Olympia, Washington, and I had this really good message about sin. I mean, I worked for weeks on this thing. I was getting ready to bring a heavy-handed sign, you know, I'm going to bring the arm of the Lord, the hand, the fist of Jesus, right? And I'm ready, and I got it all. I got my notes, and I got a stack of notes, and I get up there, and I get ready, and the Holy Spirit hits me so hard, I can't stand the next thing you know, my face is glued to the floor. And I physically can't push myself off the floor. And I'm laughing so hard. And, and I'm like, like I'm, I'm like, I literally, I'm, not, I'm like trying to get off the floor. My face is like down here. And I'm like, Jesus, let me up. And he's like, I'm not, not going to let you hurt my people like that. 
<laughs> and he had me down there. I finally get up. And I'm like, and I, and I get a couple scriptures out. And I'm laughing. And I can't stop laughing. And I'm like, I'm serious, guys. This is important. <laughs> and apparently Jesus didn't think it was that important. And, and sometimes, thank God that we are moved by the Spirit. You see, when you're not moved by the Spirit, you can become very religious. And you'll use the word to hurt people. And it's, it's actually not the presence and the purpose of God to use the Scripture that way. The Scripture is meant to bring transformation. It's meant to bring life. It's meant to bring a, a, a maturing to the body of Christ. It's not meant to use to beat over people's heads. And we see that in churches all over the place. Thank God you're not part of one of those. Thank God you're not part of one of those places. And interestingly, uh, this morning, he read out of 1 Peter, and that's exactly where I'm going to start this morning. And uh, if we could go to 1 Peter chapter, go to chapter 1, start at verse 22. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. And I'm... I have a New King James up here, but I want to read it out of the um, the Passion Translation, if that's okay. Well, the Passion, I think we'll start, yeah, we'll start in 22. If you have a different version, um, don't try to read it and listen to me at the same time. It'll mess you up. <laughs> but do go back and read it. Um, so we're going to start in uh, chap chapter 1, verse 22. Now, because of your obedience to the truth, you have purified your very souls, and, the empower and this empowers you to be full of love for your fellow believers. So express the sincere love toward one another passionately with a pure heart. For though the eternal living word of God, no, through, sorry, for through the eternal living word of God, you have been born again. And this seed that has been, that, I don't know why I'm saying that. See, I'm so used to reading this other version. <laughs> for through the eternal living word of God, you have been born again. And this seed that he planted within you can never be destroyed, but will live and grow inside of you forever. Once you've got the word in you, you can't get away from him. Maybe you think you're backslidden. Maybe you think that you're falling away from him. But you've got a seed inside of you that though you don't see it, it is growing and it's not going to stop. It's going to actually take over your very being. It's designed that way. Because it's designed to transform you into the likeness of Jesus Christ. That's the seed that got planted in you when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Is that you would be transformed into his likeness. So that no matter where you go, you look, act, smell, taste, and feel like Jesus. That's the purpose of getting saved is that you bring who he is to a dying world who needs him. That's the purpose of being saved. 
It's one of the purposes. It's not the only purpose, but it's the one that's important to me today. So, so I'm going to keep reading. Human beings are frail and temporary like grass and the glory of man fleeting like blossoms of the field. The grass dries and, the, and withers and the flowers fall off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was announced to you. Now think about that for a second. He said he planted a seed inside of you that's growing. He goes on. You know, I don't like how they did the chapters because those weren't in the original. So they break stuff up. That's why I started in verse 22 so that we can roll that into chapter 2. So abandon every form of evil, deceit, hypocrisy, feeling, feelings of jealousy, slander, in the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, for fully nourished and strong for life. Strong for life. Remember, I think it was uh, Friday I was talking about Joshua and how God spoke to Joshua and said, meditate day and night in the word that you will make your way successful. We make our, our way successful as we're in the Word, meditating day and night. We make it successful as we're in the Word, being nourished and strengthened. And we do that because life is crazy out there. Anyone who's been anywhere around, you know that life can throw you a curveball, but God. You know, I mean, I think Adam and... Uh, and, and both Cindy recently had car accidents. accidents. And um, that's life throwing a curveball. That's the enemy looking to throw you off. But God. But God shows up, right? This is why we need to be strengthened by the Word of God. This is why we need the Word to be transformed, to bring, be brought up into maturity in the kingdom. We're not meant to be baby Christians. We're meant to get into the word and be transformed. We're meant to, as Paul said, be brought up so that we can receive meat, the meat of the word. You know, and, and, and as charismatic Christians, Pentecostal Christians, we really need the word. Because a lot of places we go, we, we don't really get the word. We get feel-good messages. We get... You know, the goosebumps and the fuzzies, and I love all of them. I love getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. I love it all. But I need the Word. I need a foundation in my life so that when crazy stuff comes along, I have, I have a grid work that when things come, they must hit the grid work of the Word of God. When I'm out in the public and I'm confronted with someone who doesn't believe the Word, I need to know the Word. I need to know it, especially if I'm around people who twist it and act like they know it. I need to know the Word. Because the Word's what's going to protect me and keep my head straight. And, and the presence of God will, will lead us, will direct us. We need the Holy Spirit and we need the Word working together. We need both in full measure. We need it all. We need to be drunk every day. We need to be in the Word every day. We need, we need all of these things. It's not a one-stop where we, oh, well, we get this little bit, right? We don't just read the parts of the Word that we like. We have to read the whole thing. 
right? We have to put it into contents. We have to get it inside. We got to be transformed. And that's, that's really what he's talking about. So let me get through this and then I'll, then I'll start preaching and stop teaching. Um, I'm going to go back to verse 2. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of the word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. Especially now that you have tasted the goodness of Yahweh and have experienced his kindness. So, so keep coming to him who is the living stone. Though he was rejected and discarded by men, but chosen by God and is priceless in God's sight. Come and be his living stones, you who continually being assembled into the sanctuary of God, for now you serve as holy priests. Mm-hmm. Wow. Think about that for a second. Everyone in this room is called to be a priest. Everyone. Do you know that when God's original intent with the people of God was that they would be the priests unto the nations, but they rejected it. Jesus comes, makes us a royal priesthood, and we're still rejecting it. We are the priests unto our nation. We are the priests unto the city around us. We don't really take that into context, right? We don't really, because you don't hear it very often, and it doesn't really make sense, but if you understand that he's called you to be like him, and he is our high priest, the mediator between God and man, and yet he says we are priests, a royal priesthood, a royal generation set apart under his purposes. We, we need to get an understanding. What does that look like? What does that look like to be a priest unto the people around us? That means knowing the word. That means being sold out to the kingdom. That means having the words of life within you. And being able to tap into the Holy Spirit when you're around somebody. This means showing up the guy's house who needs to hear a word from God. And you're going, I shouldn't be at a single guy's house feeding chipmunks. But the Holy Spirit's going, you got this. You got this. The flip side is, too, the Holy Spirit will tell you when you shouldn't be somewhere. You know, I taught my kids red light, yellow light, green light. I say, if you get a red light around somebody, you need to get away from them and come find me right now or find someone that you know is safe. If you have a yellow light, it means you need to be cautious and get away from that person, whoever it is. If you have a green light, you're okay. And we, that's how we taught them in the beginning how to hear the voice of God because we said, you're going to get it right here. You're going to know, and God will speak to you. And, and we are the ones who come in contact with those who don't know God and lead them into the presence of God. We lead them by getting them saved. We lead them by getting them baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what mean, what it means to be a priest. That's what it means to be a son of the king. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, so keep coming to him who is the living stone. Though he was rejected and discarded by men, but chosen by God is priceless in God's sight, come and be his living stones who are continually being assembled into the sanctuary of God. For now you serve as holy priests. 
We serve as holy priests, offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus Christ. For it says in the scripture, Look, I lay a cornerstone in Zion, a chosen and priceless stone, and whoever believes in him will certainly be not disappointed. As believers, you know this his great worth. Indeed, his preciousness is imparted to you. But for those who do not believe, He's the stone that the builders rejected and discarded, has now become the cornerstone, and a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock to tip over. They keep stumbling over the message because they refuse to believe it, and this they were destined to do. But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devout ones. He called you out of the darkness and ex- to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy, but now you have, you have received it. But now you are drenched with it. I want to be drenched with it. I want to be so full of the glory that where I go, before they even see me, they start feeling him. You know, I was in a house in Chicago doing an insurance claim. And a uh, beautiful, beautiful family. And, and I get inside the door, and I feel the presence of God so thick. I'm like, what is going on in here? And I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit. I mean, I can feel it. I'm like, I'm better, literally weak at the knees. I rock, walk around the corner, and there's this 85-year-old black lady with a Bible open. She's just praying. I'm like, oh, this is good. <laughs> I'm like, this might be my last stop of the day. This might be it right here. I could feel God's presence before I saw her around the corner. I could feel him moving in the house before I knew she was there. There was something happening in her. There was She had made herself his dwelling place. She had made herself his dwelling place. And the Bible says that we are his dwelling place. He dwells in earthen vessels. That's us. That's why I say... You don't need to pray for revival. The revivalist of all time lives inside of you. He just wants you to acknowledge it. He just wants you to let him out. And the enemy brings circumstances into our lives to to muddy it up, to cover it up. Issues, life's issues come to drown out the word of God that's been planted in you. Isn't that interesting that the cares of this world, we have to get to a place where it's like, I don't care what's going on around me. I don't care what other people are saying. I don't care what my husband's saying. I don't care what my wife's saying. I'm going to get into the presence of God. I don't care what my kids are doing. Listen, I've got a billion things I can complain about, but I got one thing that will change it all. I got one thing that can change it all. You know, I am not the most perfect husband though you might think I might be. 
but I can promise you that I am not. And my wife would not complain to me about my terrible things. And I'm not terrible, terrible, but I'm downplaying a little bit. I can be a little fussy. You know what she would do? She would go and pray to God. Like a little tattletale. Hey, you stop. And like literally, I'd be driving down the road. I'm still mad from leaving the house, right? And the Lord would go, what you did was wrong. I'm like, whose side are you taking? He goes, no, that was wrong. You think you're right, but you're wrong. You need to call her up right now and apologize. I'd be so mad. Get on the phone. I'm like, sorry. I said that. I didn't mean it. I did mean it, but I was wrong. And I would have, I'd repent. But she never said anything to me about my action. She talked to him. She went to him. And I'd like to say it was only once or twice, but it was more than that. The number's really immaterial at this point, but enough that I realized that she was speaking to the Lord, that she was taking, and rather than take her grievance to me, she took it to God. And if we'll do that in our life circumstances, God will show up. God will show up. I have had him show up in the middle of, of attorney's issues over properties. I've had him show up with my kids. I've had him show up in church situations. It, you know, the funny thing is, though, every single time I tried to do it under my own strength, it turned to crap. Never worked out. But when I let the presence of God move in and transform the situation, he shows up. He shows up. And the more we spend time in this, allowing our hearts and minds to be transformed, the more he shows up in our natural world. You see, what happens so often is we get so natural-minded, carnal-minded, that we forget that we serve a supernatural God, a supernatural God who has saved the children of Israel through the ocean, who has, has set up kings, who has taken down kings, who has dropped walls, who has literally healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons, stopped the sun for, for long enough for, for Joshua to get the job done. We serve a supernatural God, but, but we read this and we go, mm, that was nice for them. You can't, you've got to get to the place where you read it and go, he'll do that for me. He'll do that for me. He'll heal me. He'll set me free. He'll raise my dead this, my dead that. If you'll get to the place where you start believing that it's not just a story about somebody else, but it's a story, a training manual for you, for you to believe that God will move from you and move in your family and move in your business and move in your situation, and you start to declare out of your mouth the things of God. See, this is why this is so important that we get this, that we understand this. It's why it's so important that we spend time alone with the Holy Spirit and allow him to move in our lives and, and to bring transformation and get into a place where 
either you do it with your husband and wife, you should be doing it with your husband and wife, but also alone, getting alone and just begin to worship the Lord. Worship him, speak to him. You know, uh, Sean Bowles, he would go to dinner with the Holy Spirit and he would order him a plate. He'd, he'd literally get, sit down, order the Holy Spirit his plate, get his plate, sit there and eat and talk to him. He's one of the most prolific prophets on the face of the earth right now. He literally dates, places, times, movie cameras. And, and the, the reality is, is that we look at people like him and go, oh, that's good for him. Why not you? Why not you? Why not you? It can be anyone in this room can be that kind of person. Literally. There's, there's no one in here who doesn't have the ability and the possibility of being a, a, a prophet, a, an evangelist, a, you name it. God has something for you, and it's not just coming to church. It's not just coming to church. If this is all it is, I'm going back to partying. I'm done. Because if this is all it is, is come on a Sunday morning to hear some old guy like me speak. Why? Why would you do that? It's a waste of your time. It's got to be more than that. This life in Christ has to be more than a Sunday morning, a Wednesday night, where you sit and listen to somebody speak. Because this is supposed to be a lifestyle. This isn't a religion. It's a relationship with a living king. It's a relationship with the lover of your soul. It's a relationship that should be tighter than the wife or husband that you have in your life. You should be in him and him in you. You've got to get outside of your head and allow your spirit to be the one leading you. You know, um, years ago, many of you, if you've been around Cleansing Streams or any of these ministries, they would literally talk about lining up. And what you're talking about is your spirit, soul, and body. You need to be led by your spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit and your spirit connecting, and your, your soul and body have to get in alignment. You need to get into a place of alignment. And if you're having a problem getting into a place of alignment, start fasting. Why? Because it subdues your flesh. I hate fasting. I do. I used to love it. I My wife's really great at fasting. I'm good at eating T-bones. I'm just like, that's my, that's my superpower. Give me some beef and I'm a happy man. Elk, deer, red meat, pretty much. But, but I realize when I make myself, Paul said he subdued his body. There's a place where you must subdue your body and allow your spirit. See, it doesn't change God. It changes you. God's going to do what he's going to do with you fasting or not fasting. What fasting does is put you in the right place. It puts your mindset in the right place. You've got to get into the right place. You've got to get your heart right. You've got to get your mind right. See, the enemy is going to bring stuff to you on a daily basis. Daily, hourly, minute. Because he don't care. He just wants to destroy you. But what you need to do is get this so ingrained in you and your alone time with Jesus so saturated 
in his presence that you are the walking revival that you're supposed to be. See, you should be walking around with an open heaven above you at all times. This idea that all of a sudden that, you know, the Bible says during the dark ages, you know, actually it wasn't during the dark ages, it was just before Jesus came. There was 400 years where basically the word of the Lord was scarce. Why was it scarce? Because they were doing a bunch of evil crap. They weren't serving God. They were doing their own thing. But Jesus came and as believers, he now lives inside of you. There's no disconnect from being able to hear the voice of God because he lives in you. And I know that there are people in here, you're going, but I just don't really hear God's voice. Well, maybe you don't know how you hear God's voice because he's always speaking. Maybe he speaks to you through a vision, maybe a dream. Maybe he speaks to you through an impression. For me, I hear very clear words. And that's the majority of the way I hear. I hear very clear words and or I'll see a vision or I'll see a picture. Um, some, if I have dreams, which are once in a while, they're generally right on and scary. Um, but that's how he speaks to me. But for you, you might hear clear words. You might get an impression. You might have a dream. You might have a vision. You might, you know, you might see something. All of a sudden you start getting numbers or or a certain thing starts reoccurring and you're like oh i think god's talking to me god is speaking to you you just have to figure out how he speaks it's like the the radio waves are coming through here right now and if i have the receiver i could pick it up on a radio and we could all hear it so it's not the the radio waves aren't coming it's i don't have the receiver to pick up what's already coming it's coming you had to figure out how to turn your dial so that you're hearing him. Sometimes the reason is maybe the battery's broken. Maybe the battery just isn't working. And so you got to get a new battery. And so and, and the analogy would be, well, maybe, maybe you're filling your radio with frequencies so much so that have nothing to do with God, you can't connect. You know, maybe, maybe you should shut the TV off. Maybe stop listening to secular music. You know, I mean, more than likely, if you're cluttering up your spirit with other stuff, you're going to have a hard time hearing the voice of God. If you're filling your eyes, your eye gate and your ear gate, with things that offend God, it's going to be difficult to hear the voice of God. So you have to clean that up. And that's all, that's, that's, an, that's a priority that you have to make. I don't think any of those kind of people are in here. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. But, but if you're having a hard time, you have to slow down and go, okay, God, what is hindering me from hearing you? I will say this, though. If, when I got saved... I was a heathen. I was smoking dope and drinking beer and smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, a can of Copenhagen a day. I was a terrible person. And God started speaking to me in spite of all of that. And here's the thing that happened before he started speaking to me. I had this realization one day. I'm out in the middle of a, of a construction site. I was a surveyor, construction surveyor for Kiwit. And um, I stopped and I thought to myself, I'm like, 
why are you doing what you're doing? Like, I just had this epiphany. I'm like, you're stupid. Like, it just like, like all these things you're doing is dumb. You, you're going to lose your job. You're going to, you got to stop doing everything you're doing. Because I was doing things to self-sabotage. I was sabotaging my life by my own actions. And something, probably God, snapped. And I'm like, I need to stop doing all of this. I just thought that in my mind. Then I had been going to a Baptist church. And every Sunday, I was the most horrible person to the pastor. I would, I would read this, right? I didn't have no relationship with Jesus. And I'd read it and I'm like, sit here, you're supposed to be raising the dead, but we don't do that. Heal the sick. That crap don't happen here. So I would go to the pastor, self-righteous, like, hey, Dave, we don't do none of this. And he would give me some answer like it all passed away, right? So then I'd say, can you show me in the scripture where it passed away? He goes, well, can't really show you that. And I'm like, well, then it's not true <laughs> in front of everybody. So this is terrible. Don't do that to somebody. But I did it. But God, was, God had put me on a journey, and I began to move, right? And so I started thinking, you know, my dad told me this is the importance of a father in the life of children. You set the stage for your children to receive God. You do that. And even though my dad was not serving God, he was smoking dope and poaching deer, I asked him when I was a kid, hey, Dad, is God real? Oh, yeah, God's real. I'm like, why don't we go to church? Oh, I go to church right out here in the woods. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But there was a God. He didn't say there wasn't a God. He said there was a God. And then a few times we went to church with my grandparents. And then when my parents would sleep off their hangover, they'd send my sister and I to the local Baptist church where I found Jesus through a candy bar. Really? I mean, you get a candy bar, right? They're like, hey, you guys want a candy bar? It's the end of the class, right? Do you want Jesus too? I'm like, candy bar, Jesus. Yeah, I want Jesus. I wasn't saved. I wanted the candy bar. But I was getting the word. There was word coming. There was word coming. I didn't get saved then. So all this came, and then I'm on this construction site, and God speaks to me and says, hey, I love you. I got plans for you. I'm going to put you on a rock. And I heard him as clear as we're talking right now. So I know that he can break through all your sin stuff. But if you're a believer and you're not hearing, God wants to speak to you. He wants to set you on fire. He wants to literally turn your life upside right. He wants to do that in you so that you can turn the world upside right. See, the believers think you're turning it upside down, but you're not. You're turning it upside right. You're getting things in line. Right? Because the world has an order, and the order is the way that God has set it up. It's, it's, it's considered evil what the world does on the outside, but God is changing it, and he changes it through us. So, yeah. <laughs> so here's kind of what I'd like to do. If you guys are up for it, I'm just going to ask God to come touch your life right where you're at. I'm not going to ask everyone to come up front. 
if you want to be on fire for God, if you want to transform the people around you, ask God for more. Don't just do it here, but do it every day. Do it every day. Ask God to fill your life up fresh and new. Maybe you've spoken in tongues for 30, 40 years. There's always a fresh outpouring. There's always more. It wasn't, it wasn't, see, Lester Summerall said, I get filled up daily because I leak. And you know what he was talking about? He was saying that life happens and I need a fresh infilling of the presence of God every day to fulfill the call of God on my life. And none of us in here are any different. We need the fresh call of God. We need the fresh infilling of God. We need it on a daily basis. And, and my hope and my prayer is, is that you get so, fire, so on fire for Jesus that the people around you start catching on fire. Regardless if you lay hands on them or not. That they start feeling it. They start like, hey, what is it about you? that you're, There's something about you. You know, when I was working construction, I had so many people come up to me and talk to me, unbelievers. I had one believer come up to me, and uh, he come up in private, and he's literally crying. He goes, hey, you know, um, he goes, I'm a Christian, and I've been watching you on the job for a couple of months. And he goes, you know, everybody on the job knows you're a Christian. He goes, I've seen you prophesy over people. I've seen you heal the sick here. He goes, but nobody even knows I'm a Christian, and I take part in all those stupid jokes, and and I'm cussing with them, and you know, talking trash about my wife with them. He goes, I don't know how to change that. I go, change it today. I go, you don't have to do anything different, except that don't stand there when they're talking trash about their wife. Don't allow them to talk trash about their wife in front of you. Don't be part of it. And and you know we we're not we live in the world but we're not part of it. Like we have to go to work, we have to be part of it, but we I mean we have to be in it, but we are a peculiar people set apart. So as I begin to pray for you and you know I only do it if you're serious because if God takes you serious this is going to change your life. This will change your life today. And I hope you do it. Because I can't imagine living a mediocre, lukewarm life. Because Jesus said, I'd just soon spit you out. I, I would rather you be hot or cold, but you can't be lukewarm. But I don't see anyone in here who wants to be lukewarm or cold. What I see is a bunch of people who want to be on fire. So I'm just going to bow my head and start cry, start crying out to God that we all, myself included, God, would you would come and fill us fresh and new today. That you would come and fill us up. God, that we would be the people that you've called us to be. That we would be full of the Holy Ghost. That we would be overflowing. That the people around us would know that we're Christians. The people around us would know that we aren't like the normal Christians. We're tongue-talking, fire-breathing, hell-destroying Christians, that we are the kind of people that will will stand with them for healing, will stand with them for deliverance, will bring words of knowledge and understanding that will transform their lives. 
I pray that everyone in this room, myself included, God, that we wouldn't be able to get away from your presence, that we would get so full of you that we're overflowing, pressed down, shaken together, living waters flowing out of our bellies, that we'd be so full. And, you know, earlier, if, uh, if you didn't get in on get, getting laid hands on for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but you're, you're sitting there going, you know, I don't want to leave here without getting filled. I don't want to get, I don't want to, maybe you need a new infilling today. Maybe you just like, you know, I need to get primed. You know, the old pumps, you would have to prime them to get them flowing. If you feel like, hey, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little bit empty. I'm a little bit dry. I would like to get touched again today. I would get, I would like to get refilled today. And, and even as I'm speaking, if you're the one, you're saying, I want to get full today again. I want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit today. Just stand up wherever you're at. And if you want a new infilling, if you want to get hands laid on you, just, just begin to stand up and God's going to start touching your life. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, come Lord. Come Lord. Come Lord. Thank you. Well, I think uh, that's a pretty good, uh, a good way to end. Um, you know, I, coming into <clears throat> this weekend, I, I know I've shared this several times the last few weeks, but, um, you know, we've, we started corporate prayer on Tuesday nights here oh, yeah. six or seven months ago. But over the course of the last six weeks, it's been different. It's been different. It's, it's, you know, like the Lord has been moving and stirring in us and we've seen people get healed and delivered and it's just been incredible. And we knew coming into this weekend that God was going to do something new. Uh, we had prayed through that. The Lord had given that to many of us. And I'm fairly confident that that is exactly what the Lord did this weekend. Um, and, you know, I, I think the, the best part about it is as Ernest was sharing earlier, we get to, we can live in this, like, we don't have to go, oh, cool, I get to go to church now, now I get, like, you can stay in this. The Lord never leaves you, he's always with you, you can just be in this place all the time, and I want to encourage you today, like, stay in this place. You know, I'm sure all of us in our walk with Christ have had moments that have shaped us, right? Think of, like for me, it was summer camps when I was a kid and different things that I've experienced, things that we experienced this weekend. And there's this, there's this high that comes from it. Stay there. Don't let it subside. Don't let it go away. Stay there. That's what the Lord gives us. He's given us the Holy Spirit as our inheritance. I shared that last night. He is our inheritance. That doesn't mean that he only comes when we're standing in this building. He's our inheritance. We, get, we have access to our inheritance whenever, right? We need to access that all day. All day. Every day. So when you are in Walmart or Target, Target, 
here in the Minnesota. Uh, if the Holy Spirit's leading you to do something, I know as wild as it may seem, do it. Because I think what you'll find is that when you're obedient in the small things, when you're obedient in Walmart, when you're obedient in Target, he's going to start giving you other things. He's going to start enlisting you to do bigger things, greater things. If that's what you want, start doing it now. Start doing it now. Start just being the light to people. Start being that light. That's, that's what God, God filled us up, right? That's who he is. We have Jesus inside of us. He's the light of the world. John 8, 12, right? We need to start just releasing that everywhere we go. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it, right? Amen. Well, I just want to take a minute to, can we just honor Ernest and Tammy? Uh, just give them a round of applause. They're such a blessing to us. You know, for those of you that don't know, I'm just going to give like the 60-second the overview of how we met Ernest and Tammy because it's kind of a wild story, actually. Uh, we have some uh, mutual friends that had been living in central Wisconsin that Shree and I and our kids went to visit. And they're like, oh, we're part of this, this home group. Do you want to come with us? And we're like, sure. We got nothing else to do. We'll go. And uh, we go, and we actually go to their house. And, you know, they have this, this prayer meeting in, um, this is September of 2020. 2020. Um, and we go down and join the prayer meeting. And I'm just kind of observing, like, you know, being, being present, not really expecting God to do anything. And then all of a sudden, Ernest walks up to me. He says, you know, we need to pray for you. Never met the guy in my life. I'm like, okay, here we go. So, we, you know, Shree and I sit in the middle of this room and 15 people that we had never met in our life start praying and prophesying over us things that have come to fruition in the last two years. Um, I hope you know that you all mean more to us than we can even ever express in words. Your friendship, your mentorship, just everything that you guys uh, are to us, just so incredible so thank you thank you thank you um amen let's let's give it up for one more time let's give it up for god that just so what a cool weekend what a cool weekend just so thankful for that um anything else you guys wanted to share you good okay uh so we're gonna hang out here for a little while um <clears throat> there'll be some refreshments in the back feel free to grab that just a, a few quick announcements uh, Tuesday, Thursday night, we've got Tuesday night prayer this week, Thursday night Bible study. Um, if you live in Wisconsin or on that side of the cities, uh, we, they meet at the Price's home. If you, if you need that address, connect with Cliff or Sarah. If you live on this side of the cities, we meet at uh, our home in Cottage Grove. Um, and then uh, just some other upcoming things. We have our Christmas party, church Christmas party, December 1st. So be there if you can. Um, yeah, be blessed. Let's just hang out. Stay as long as you want. And um, go Packers. It's the right way to end. The Packers are playing the Vikings right now. So we uh, go Packers. Um, we'll, be here. we'll be here as long as everyone needs to. So.